0: go to the app store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
1: Covering the Orioles the only way we know how. As fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
2: Today on the show, some fun action in Baltimore as the Red Sox and Orioles enjoyed a weekend of drama and unwritten rule-breaking. We will tell you who was right and who was wrong. Right, so also, the Orioles, who are currently 12-5 and 5 with the best record in the American League, we'll talk to Ken McKusick uh, and find out if the data says this winning ways will continue or if there'll be some regression, we'll right whatever that means. Section 336 coming at you. On a Monday night, we're coming at you faster than a Matt Barnes fastball coming up Manny's head. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing and stuttering host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the zany Bert Rohde. What up,
0: 336ers?
2: And the button lover Josh Soroka.
0: Clearly, Bert missed the wear a white Oriole jersey memo. Yeah, I don't own a
2: white
3: Orioles jersey, unfortunately.
2: And behind the old uh, screen there, we got the intern. Say hi, intern. Hello. I've been displaced like chemicals into the bay. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Is his mic on? Yeah, that's why I just talked to you.
3: He's very soft, soft-spoken
0: today. Yeah, And for some reason, only have one ear. He's displaced. So maybe it might be the fact that you only have one earbud in. You yeah. might have not heard him.
2: It's possible. All right, uh, we're going to get into this whole Matt Barnes, Manny Machado, Dustin Bichori thing in a minute. But Josh and I had a really cool experience I want to start the show with.
3: Yeah, I want to hear about it because I saw it on social media. I saw pictures. Yeah. I saw tweets, Instagrams. So what happened?
2: No big deal. We had Just the opportunity
0: to go to Burt's for Easter Sunday.
2: That's not what I'm talking about. No oh. one cares about Burt's for Easter Sunday. No. no
0: um, okay. Did we see each other? We oh we went to the Bay Sox and we watched Chris Tillman pitch.
3: Yeah, last Monday I was there for that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, are we funny. going to are we going to Frederick on Thursday to watch Chris Tillman pitch again?
0: I I, I was gonna ask you guys, you want to go to Delmarva tonight and watch Joey Record? <laughs> I think it might get rained out tonight. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, but on, on Wednesday we had the opportunity to go. And play a game at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Oh, that's right.
0: That yeah. was that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was very surreal. Is the best way I could figure to explain it.
2: Sure. We, I mean, we. It's bizarre, right? You go in. We went to the into the clubhouse. Our dad. Our dad was able to kind of hook us up with this opportunity, which is great. Uh, we went into the visitor clubhouse and we found a locker room with our name on it and our jersey. That's pretty cool. Uh, three strokas, right? One for me, one for my, one for Josh, one for my, our, our father. Mm-hmm. And then we got to do some cool stuff, like throwing the bullpen.
0: Yeah. Well, and and see, our three lockers were right on one wall, and right next to our lockers were three other lockers for Al Bumry, Joe Orsillac and Chris Hoyles.
3: Oh, your lockers were right next to
0: each yeah. other.
2: In fact, we, I got. Changed right next to Joe Orsella yeah. getting changed. <laughs> yeah, Dro- we kind of got changed together. together. Yeah, <laughs> there was
3: no moon landing
2: though, thank goodness.
3: Did, did they give you pants too? No. Oh, okay. No one actually <laughs> no.
2: dropped their pants. That's all I <laughs> wanted to <laughs> know <laughs> about this whole experience. <laughs> no, is, was, did they was...
3: give you pants?
2: No, we got jerseys and a hat. That's cool. Yeah. So we we threw out the bullpen. Chris Horrells. Uh, unfortunately, I was wanting Chris Horrells to get old. You know, Crouched down behind the plate. He said, "I'm a little too old for that."
3: Oh, he wouldn't do it. No, yeah. we had no. to catch each other.
2: So we caught each other. Okay. Uh, Chris Orwell is I didn't realize how old he was. All, all the guys. That's kind of what you can say.
3: Well, all the years Except, he's been doing it, the last thing he wants to do is get back down crouching. Right. I, he's I like, been there, done yeah, that. It
2: just threw me off. A, it's, you know, it just throws you off guard a little bit. When the last time you saw some of these guys were when they weren't playing.
0: Right when they were, and in now fast
2: forward 20 years, and you see them and you're like, wait a minute,
0: right?
3: You're not the. That's
2: not wh- Joe Orslak. You're not that, the 32 that's an old, old fat guy. Yeah, you're not well, the 32. Actually, Joe captain.
3: Orslak is a friend of the show. I think he uh he has a little uh, audio clip. This is Joe Orslak. You're listening it, to. Does that three. make him a friend of the show? Yeah, totally. Okay, <laughs> that's right. all you need to do, and you're officially a friend of the show.
2: But the coolest part for me was getting to uh, hit the ball off Al Bumbry, who was by far right. Joe Orslak was there. Chris Hoyle was there. Al Bumbry was there. The most energetic, the oldest, but also he, just the most energetic. Yeah, yeah. he just turned seventy. Yeah, he was the most excited to like was share his baseball knowledge
0: with you, help yes. you hit the ball. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's there all the time at Camden Yards. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Wrote, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: excited. And mm-hmm. like, you can tell he works a lot with kids.
0: It's 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 funny though. Like we watch so much baseball, to then go on the field for one. there's just surreal moments of being on the same field that right. we see millions of plays our entire life. But then there's also this moment where you realize this is really, really hard. <laughs>
2: some people, yeah, simple, some of it real hard. Some of simply
0: it really when we're, we're in the bullpen and to try to throw the ball as hard as you can and get it to go over the plate,
2: yeah, that's pretty hard. Sixty yeah.
0: feet, six, six inches, yeah.
2: Right. And we're talking about like fifty-five miles per hour, not yeah, exactly, miles
0: per hour. exactly. We're nowhere near throwing at the speed they are, and we we can't get it over the plate. Yeah, got some over, but not all.
3: Uh, what I was wondering about is because uh, I've been on the field at Camden Yards for ballpark tours and you know fan fest and things like that but they never let you on the grass <laughs> they let you guys on the grass on Wednesday yeah, yeah. yeah. it took about yeah. five
0: minutes before I got yelled at but yeah oh yeah. you weren't no, supposed to be on the grass no, no diving on the grass okay so when one you, ball gets past Matt what's the first thing he does
2: <laughs> <laughs> that grass is so smooth he just slide. yeah yeah I just <laughs> want to
3: kiss it
0: I know <laughs> so I dove and he ran out there and yelled at me then just yelling ran out there and yelled at me
3: did just... did you like get to stand at home plate yeah. yeah. And hit.
0: Yeah. yeah. stood the plate. Nice. Like, like batting practice. A I, hit a, I hit a foul ball in the club level, and I think I was more excited for that than any of that's balls pretty cool. in fair territory. Yeah, that's, that's pretty far,
3: even though it's like backwards. But... Well, no, it was sideways. It was first baseline. Okay. All right. Yeah. Were there other people doing this, or was it just the three of you guys? Because I didn't see anybody else in these pictures.
0: I wish there were other people. I mean, no, I wish there weren't other people. No, there, there, was, was, like, there was
2: like sixty people. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of. Oh, it was a lot of people. So probably yeah. fifty. Okay, okay. Yeah, we broke them to three groups, so we did kind
0: of each of these stations. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. Here's a picture of us with the old Orioles. Yes, I saw that on
3: uh, social media.
0: You can see it on Facebook Live. Oh, you there you go. It.
3: He's putting it up on the camera.
0: Um,
2: yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's one of those. I'm not a. I don't have a bucket list. I'm not a believer in bucket lists. I'm. I'm a believer in you know just kind of live taking for up the moment. I, come. Yeah, but this was definitely one of those things where. You just you'll never forget I'm right? sure just, and it was one of those things that
0: you never thought you'd be able to do
2: yeah it would never even go on the bucket list because you didn't think it would be like, a possible thing like to the do.
0: first time what hit me is when we were in the outfield just playing catch warming up and a ball got past me and I had to chase it to the wall and like when I got to the uh, when I got close to the warning track I was just like wait a second this is too weird <laughs> and I see like the um, the the what is it Southwest sign out there uh-huh. I was like this is just weird
2: Yeah. And we played a scrimmage out there, like on the actual field. We played a scrimmage. Nice. Um, And it did. It was, it was, I felt like I was, I'm a 33 year old man who is more aware of my getting old every day of my age and how what I'm getting. But I felt like a like a 12-year-old boy out there and taking like ground balls where Manny Machado takes ground balls right, is right. a pretty cool thing. Were
3: you able to throw it all the way from third base to first without a ugly. bounce?
2: No, it was that, ugly. That was a bounce. It was an ugly. <laughs> I'll say two things about Manny Machado playing third. First of all, playing short or third or infield at Camden Yards, grounding a ball like picking up a ground ball is the easiest thing in the entire world. Because I'm used to playing softball in these backyard fields, With sure. like, rocks, there was not, never even a half of a bad. I mean, there's no bad bounces, not even a slight bad bounce. Taking ground balls is so easy, but the throwing the ball—that's a long way away. Yeah. And you watch Manny Machado like do it off one foot with ease from when the I'm third base there, coach box, like doing some crow hops <laughs> and like chucking as hard as I can, and yeah, it gets yeah. there on a bounce. <laughs> like it's just—it it makes you appreciate. You know how incredible Manny Machado is over there. Um, and that arm strength especially. And hitting the ball. Hitting's hard. Sure. Uh, it's hard. You, when you got a line drive to the outfield, like that was impressive. Like, no one no one was touching in track here. Like, we're right. line drive to the outfield. Well, That's a great hit. It was
0: also really soft pitch. Like, what, it, they were tosses. They weren't even, like, I, it wasn't even bat and practice speed, I don't think. Right. They were coming in real soft.
2: Yeah, it, it was bat and practice speed. You but, yeah, it was. It.
0: it was. Right, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Matt and I were able to hit it into the outfield, but nowhere near warning track.
3: Nice, nice. Do they have real like you got to use their bats while you were playing with wooden bats? I, I, I had,
0: we remember we all picked up and all of our bats had names engraved. I had on Jeff them. Conine. Oh really? Yeah, nice. Uh, Dad picked up. Did his bat have no names? I don't think he had names. name. I had the Peter Angelo special. Really? It, was, it was a Peter Angelos bat that looked like it was given to him for like the ballpark opening or something, <laughs> and it said Peter Angelos. Interesting. So I kept using that bat because it worked for me the first time at bat, and I thought it was hilarious to use a Peter Angelos
3: bat. Yeah, Peter Angelos bat.
0: Yeah, we got
2: some personalized jer- jerseys. There was some debate with the jerseys. How so? Like, some people gave themselves like number thirteen and Machado on the back. Oh like they turned in a personalized jersey and they turned it into right. some people one of their favorite players. Some people
0: had their full name on the back of the jersey so it would do the <laughs> it would do the uh wrap around. Yeah, yeah like the
3: Henry, Henry Rowan Gardner thing.
0: Exactly. Some people did nicknames.
3: Okay. Yeah. Nicknames are cool. We just went
0: yeah. we went professional. No I what,
3: you got to pick your numbers. What was the meaning behind the numbers? I see Josh is wearing number two and Matt is wearing fifty five. Yeah. See what's my, the significance?
0: My my significance was real simple. I did not want a number of a star Oriole. Like I I hate when Ooh, I see oh shots fire
2: to J J. Hardy. Yeah, I, I
0: I hate when I see players with like five or twenty two, twenty. So I, I I normally I'd probably jump to the number four, but I can't take Earl Weaver's number. Right. But then you look like an idiot wearing that. So then I said, well, give me two, and I forgot about J J. Hardy and Brian Roberts. <laughs> Brian Robbins was number 1, right? Oh yeah, he was number 1. I just forgot about Hardy there. Well, what I was going to say
3: is probably you you you're assuming it's a safe bet the Orioles are not going to retire JJ Hardy's number. Exactly. That mean, yeah. when he retires. That's right.
0: That's right. So that's <laughs> what I'm. I don't have
3: significance. Uh and Matt you have number 55?
2: Yeah, this goes back to high school. I, I mean, I was more into basketball, but this is always my number. Okay. Um so I went with it. And like I I, I figured like, I am an Oriole player for the day. Like, that's what this is about. So I'm going to embrace the whole experience and not do the Machado 13 thing. Sure, sure. But I'm going to be a, a third baseman for the day.
3: I can admire that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a take-home memory from the excellent day that you had. Absolutely. Does anybody uh, want to know what number I would have picked?
2: What number would you have picked, Bert? <laughs> You're going to tell me anyway, aren't you?
3: I, I would have had to pick between two. Uh, The number 27 is a, a, number, a go-to number for me because that was – my initiation number when I pledged a fraternity in college. So number 27 has significance, but I feel like the obvious choice would have been number three because Bill I'm Ripken. no, I was gonna say, cause oh. I'm, the, I'm the third <laughs> Albert Brody the third, absolutely, so I yeah. should wear number three. That way. I, whenever my son gets around to get a Jersey, he can be number four. He could be four. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be adorable. So it sounds like an awesome day. You had good weather.
2: Yeah, it was good weather. It was, it was Didn't a little, rain. It was a little chilly, but once you get out there and start running around, it wasn't good yeah. at all.
3: Momentum kicks in. Like I was pretty strong, just the next like it does day. for the we, pros. We're moving around, yeah, yeah, Cr- yeah.
0: Chris Jakubakis is the last Oriole to wear the number fifty-five. Oh, nice! I remember that from two thousand eleven.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was only six years ago.
0: He uh, put me on uh, the bullpen guy. Yeah, put me on that bullpen.
3: You know, you know who else wore number fifty-five was that catcher. Um not Ramon.
0: Ramon oh.
3: Hernandez? Uh, no, I yes, think it was
0: someone else. Ramon Hernandez did. Hey. And and Alfred Simone did. Alfredo Simone? Alfredo Simone. You know, the murderer.
2: Alfred Simon. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Have some good years with the
0: Cardinals. Yeah, absolutely. So those guys all wore number 55 for the Orioles. So wait
3: a minute. 55 was a jersey number you wore playing baseball in high school, basketball, playing basketball, basketball. Yeah. Now, is that a number you picked or just because that was what was available in your size?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's how it started. Right. In like JV where the bigger numbers were for kind of the larger guys. Sure. So the point guards had like number five or number (laughs) 10 and the big men always had like 55, 45 and 50 and 55. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I just, uh, yeah. So it was, and so it's been, it's been kind of my, my lucky numbers. Like when I took the, the praxis test is decide if I became a teacher. Like I said, at Ducks number 55, and it was like a sign. Like, okay, I'm good. That's I'm a gonna sign. Pass. And, you, you know, those numbers just come up again and again throughout my life. Double Brooks Robinson, you could argue. maybe. Oh, look, Josh is up good to good bat right, right
3: now on TV. Oh, no, wait, that's J.J. Hardy. <laughs> same jersey. <laughs> same, same batting
0: stance.
2: Same batting ability, P- pretty much the way J.J. Hardy plays. <laughs> I, I
0: got some nice hits. Of course, that ball was coming in soft.
2: Uh, all right we got about um we're gonna to talk to Ken McCusick at the top of the hour at eight o'clock Mr film study uh, i I don't know if I want to get into the whole Manny Machado beanball because I want to give us enough time to really get into it all right so should we hold off this conversation until after Kevin how about
0: how about instead we talk about something going on really good that we've had a we had a good week of pitching yeah well an interesting week of pitching because everyone with Goldsman seemed to seemed to pitch like out of their shoes I was gonna say minus Kevin Goldsman, but yeah
2: yeah, if you were to told me, so the record's 12 and 5, right? And so if you were to lay out scenarios, hey, hey, Matt, we got the best record in the AL East, yep. right? We're 12 and 5. We got actually the best record in the American League. And you were to say, okay, what needs to happen? Ask me at the beginning of the season, what needs to happen for me to get to that 12 and 5 record? I would have told you a couple things that to happen. First of all, we got to rely on our bats, right? Like we need between. Uh, those three, four and five hitters, Machado Davis and Trumbo, like they need to carry us. They need to be hitting dongs left and right. They need their their offense needs to kind of hop on their back. Um, well so far, right. Manny Machado is batting about 200. Um, Chris Davis has been fine, but only has three home runs.
0: Trumbo Mark, has one,
2: has one home run batting in 220. So those and three, that was four a, hitters.
0: That was an opening day home run. I mean, it was a walk off opening day. It was the right. like one we needed,
2: right? But since then, he's done nothing,
0: right? So I would have told Man- you, Mancini to get to, is leading the team. Yeah,
2: with five, right? So if you, if you're going to have the best record in the American League, I would have said you have to just out homer everybody, right? But no, they haven't. So I said, okay, fine, okay, fine, okay, fine. If we're going to have the best record. And we're not doing it with our home runs from our three, four, and five guys. Then the guy who needs to step up and be our ace is Kevin Gossman. So Kevin, right. if we're twelve and four or twelve and five, Kevin Gossman must be pitching out of his mind. What sure. does he have? Like five wins already? Yeah, is he pitching like every He's other game? He's a big game?
3: contributor. To those twelve wins.
2: Yeah, right. Isn't that what we would say? Yeah, sure? Um, right now, Kevin Gossman has an ERA of seven and a half. Yeah.
3: Right. He's those lost. are Aldo numbers.
2: He's pitched in five games. He's one and two. He's given up. Tw- Get this. He's pitched twenty four innings in five games, giving up twenty runs Yikes. in twenty four innings.
3: Yeah. What's up with him?
2: So, I I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I, I'm a because you know what the whole the most concerning about the Kevin Gossman thing is? What's up? Um, I saw quotes from Buck Showalter, and they said he's healthy. Um, his stuff looks good. Like like what we're saying. Everything looks fine. And to me, that's more concerning because if if everything's good and he can't pitch, then I would rather like, okay, maybe just like has a hamstring issue. He'll get better. No, like he's completely healthy and he just isn't good. Right. Like that's concerning. It is.
3: I mean, even when Bud Norris had that great season, then he fell off. It was because he had the flu and then everyone was like, okay, he had the flu.
2: Right where's Kevin Gosman's flu? And then the flu ended, and he still was terrible. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that's true. That's true.
2: And
0: and the <laughs> problem, and Gosman had having one bad game in Cincinnati, we can be like, okay, that sucks, but something's up. But to have two back to back bad starts is not what we expected from Gosman this year. We keep talking about him needing to make this step. He's taken steps back this he's, year.
2: He's been he's been really bad. So again, if you were to tell me we're going to be twelve. Offense hasn't happened. Pitching, Uh, Gossman, hasn't happened. So my question goes back to this, and this one I'm going to ask Kemi but let's talk about it now. How in the world are the Orioles 12-5 and 5 right now?
0: Yeah. Well, Wade Miley and who bought a Jimenez. Have well, had a couple good starts. Do you, know, do you know who's leading the team in strikeouts? Wade Miley. It's Wade Miley. Yeah. Yeah. Wade Miley
3: has more he strikeouts. He had 11 strikeouts in one game uh, the other right. day. Right.
0: I mean, Dylan Bundy's right behind him. Dylan Bundy has three wins. Dylan Bundy's got the lower ERA at 137.
3: And he's pitching out of his mind.
0: But Wade Miley's under two? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's not what we would have predicted.
3: Is this just, you know, they're hot in April. There's no chance Wade Miley and Mbaldo Jimenez make this stretch out the entire season. Uh, I don't
0: no know. No chance. There was a lot of talk that something was wrong with Wade Miley last year. That... that he came over in July, right? Yeah. So there was a lot of talk that he wasn't healthy when we got him, and a lot of something's bugging him. That, that this is the healthy Wade Miley what right. we're seeing now, because right now it's a completely different person on the mound than we watched the end of last season. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, fine. But Wade Miley is also he's not he's not a, he's not a rookie, right? He's he's thirty years old. He's yeah. been in the league a long time. He has an ERA over four. So it's not right. like, oh, he was awesome, had a bad year last year, now he's awesome again. He has enough of a track record to say there is no way he's going to keep this up. He's going to regress. He's going to be worse. Enjoy the ride while it lasts. Sure. But there's no way. He's going to end this year with an ERA over four probably. Yeah. That's just how it is. I hope not. Uh, but at best case scenario, he has a high 3 area, which is fine. I'll take a high 3 ERA area with, with Wade Miley. But he's not going to be... A top of the rotation pitcher like this. And
0: and what? they're also doing this with I'm sure Ken's gonna point out a hundred times when he gets on the phone. They're going with this with a team that's built not for defense. An outfield especially that's not built for defense. It's built for dongs. It's built for dongs. Yeah. And the dongs aren't coming, but the pitching is. Yeah. The for me.
2: And the Wade Miley stuff won't continue. Ubaldo Jimenez, I think, has been quintessential essential. Ubaldo Jimenez. Terrible and awesome, depending on the start, right? Sure. Love Ubaldo for that. Um, and hate him, too, depending on the day. Um, but the guy that's been – and we mentioned two starts, too. I want to throw this out there before I get to what I really want to talk about. A start by Alec Asher. A start by J- Jason Aquino. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Which I think tell us nothing, but they're <laughs> encouraging. I mean, the thing is about these starts – I mean, pe- people get all excited about them. But pe- we see that people other teams do this to the Orioles all the time. Someone comes up and make a first start. No one's seen this guy before. The pitch is successful for one start, maybe two starts. Right. Then they drop off the right, club. It's like
0: the Yankees. We want to face Sabathia every time, not some random rookie.
2: Exactly, right? Yeah. Um. So I'm not excited about – I like Jason Aquino a lot. I'm not really excited about Alex
0: Asher. I'm not no. even but excited about you Jason do, Aquino. But, but you do have to take something in there and say – they beat ALE's teams.
3: Yes. they they pitch better than Kevin Gosman,
2: and they just have to kind of, <laughs> you know, put their little finger in the and, in the dam until uh, Chris Tillman comes back, which should be in a couple weeks,
0: right? And El- Aquino, we at least talked about during the preseason about maybe a maybe a option for this fifth role. Yeah, but they weren't leading guys. Uh, Alec Asher wasn't even on the team.
2: Yeah, it's encouraging they pitched well. It is. Yeah, um, but the, the the real story, and I think. All right, can I throw out a hot take to you? Oh boy, let me throw out a hot take that there's a thing called re- recency bias that when something happens more recent, you're biased to think that thing's better, right? Of course. Right. Like right now, Trey Mancini, we think is the best hitter on the Orioles, and it's also recency bias. Which an really MVP. Sure. Yeah. It's Rookie also why
0: we, as soon as Kevin Gosman starts to struggle, we say, "Oh, he sucks. He's another traded," because right. that's what we're used to in Baltimore. Right.
2: So let me throw out, with that in mind, let me throw out this hot take and see if you think I'm insane. Okay or if I'm just being off the rails, recency bias, insane. I would argue, and no one would have said this at the beginning of the year, but right now I would say, Manny Machado, Manny Machado winning the MVP. Mm -hmm. There's a better chance than Manny Machado winning the MVP. There's a better chance that Dylan Bundy wins the Cy Young than that Manny Machado wins the MVP. Is that insane, saying that?
0: Uh, At at, (laughs) at this moment, if you're just going by stats from the first three weeks of baseball, there's a better chance of Wade Miley than, than Manny Machado winning MVP. Right, I mean, but,
2: but I'm saying we know Manny Machado is going to get better. You're saying, but my thing is we know Wade Miley will get worse. Yeah. I, but what I've seen from Dylan Bundy, to yes. me, has been the most impressive thing all season. And I'm start, I've am start i been reserving like trying to get – I tried my best not to get hyped about Dylan Bundy because of his history. Right. But I'm starting to – I'm sorry, I can't help myself anymore. He, <laughs> he just is dominating – and good hitting teams too, like Boston. I want and to he's believe dominating them.
3: No, I agree, and I'm all on board
2: now. that Dylan Bundy train. If,
0: if you're talking end of season awards, is there also Trey Mancini could be in the talk for rookie of the year see, if he continues this?
2: Right, but straight, Trey Mancini, I have no
0: no confidence. No confidence. With that Dylan he Bundy, this. you're saying you've got His the stuff. That
2: good. Wade Miley is not going to continue it. Uh, Trey Mancini is not going to continue it, but Dylan Bundy has the stuff to continue now. Is it like a one percent chance? Yeah, but Manny Machado, what's he? I don't know, a two percent chance of winning MVP? Yeah. Uh, so I just think it's it's just interesting how. All that to say, Dylan Bundy's been really impressive, and he's to me is the takeaway of the first you know part of the season is how impressive he's been. And it's not just I'm saying it; even the nerds say it, the just baseball watchers say it. Everyone says, "Hey, this Dylan Bundy's a pretty special kid."
0: Absolutely. It's exciting. This is also the. Uh... First time this season that we get to struggle through trying to watch an Oriole game <laughs> while doing the uh, the podcast. We haven't had this yet this season, so um, so if there's any if lulls there, in the conversation, lull, it's because we're looking at the right. television. It might be something where like tonight, where the Orioles just tied up the score one-one, and suddenly the show comes to a screeching halt, which is a good transition time. You guys. Ready?
4: Yeah. You used to call me on my cell phone Late night when you need my love Call me on my cell phone
2: Section 36 is excited to be joined once again by Ken McCusick, Mr. Film Study. Ken, welcome to the show.
1: How's it going, Matt?
2: Good, man. And I'm excited. This is the first time I think we've gotten on to talk about Orioles baseball. And... We're not experts, Josh and Bert and I. In fact, Josh hates the sabermetrics.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't hate them, but I don't feel intelligent enough to talk about them in a, in a meaningful way. So, and we know our listeners out there are into the sabermetrics. Gotta, I'm,
3: in, I'm into woozle-wuzzle.
2: We got to appease the, 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 the kiddos. So, Ken, I'm excited to hear about your opinions kind of on the oral success, looking at it from a sabermetrics side.
1: Yeah, um well frankly they're doing it with smoke and mirrors right now to Uh-oh. go uh, 12 and 5 with what they've done. Um you look at a few things, but one of the most basic measures is just looking at run scored and runs against and seeing what their record should be with that. And you'll often hear that referred to as the Pythagorean record. Right. And the reason is it uses uh you know, it uses the run scored and runs allowed, squares both those and 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 tries to determine how, how what percentage of games they should have won. And the Orioles-Pythagorean record is 9-8. and eight. Their actual record, of course, is 12-5, and five, which is a, a, an astounding three games better already at this point. So that's that's unusual.
2: Can I, can, but, but, can um, can I stop you right there and make an argument of why that happens? Sure. And tell me, this is like uh, my simplistic mind just watching the Orioles. Could that have something to do with the fact that we have people like Ubaldo Jimenez, who one night out is great and gives up, you know, no runs or one run, and the next time out he gives up Ten runs, right? How which does, is going to hurt that run I'm score, run allowed all numbers.
1: Well, that's what you're talking about. Is certainly the more efficient way to arrange your runs. If you could give them all right. up on one night, you obviously could win all but one of your games in the extreme case. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you 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 do better. If your overall team can overcome some horrible Lobaldo or or Gosman starts, now we have to really talk about. Oh, that's, oh, that's, um, oh
2: stop! Can I completely forgot when I said Obaldo? Oh my gosh, stop! Don't talk about <laughs> it. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, anyway, th- th- that's not the only thing about the team that okay. is, is built the wrong way. I'm going to say this now. When I say the wrong way, the Orioles of my youth had 18 straight winning seasons. I don't know some of you've heard this before because I've I've soapboxed about this occasionally, but. They had eighteen straight winning seasons. Every single year during that eighteen game eighteen year winning streak, they outwalked their opponents. And by an average of one hundred and nine per year. It was the hallmark of the Weaver teams. They did a lot of other things right, but they they did that the most consistently right.
0: But but that was also in a so, time before these giant salaries and where you had to worry about these budgets. Players stayed with their teams over long period longer periods, which is why you could put together eighteen years.
1: Um it's it's part of it. I mean part of it was the philosophy of the team and the ability to win in that ballpark that they had. It was a pitcher's park. You needed to get on base by other ways other than singles because it it was a hard hard park to get singles in. Um, but it was a real it was a decent home run park and it was a decent park for walks because mm-hmm. hey, you can walk anywhere, right? Right. But uh uh it, it, that was the way that they found to win in that environment and I don't think it, it I mean they did it over 18 years they did it with a lot of different players in fact because I don't think there's any player who was there for that entire time there wasn't any. Um so you you there was still roster transition. Maybe you're right that it wasn't quite at the same rate. And you're right that organizational decisions can last decades in terms of what players you sign and you kind of have to live with them. So for example, the signing of Boog Powell occurred for the first time somewhere somewhere in the early 60s and you know, they kept him for 13 years and you know, Mark Belanger, you know, that had a similar kind of a, a lifespan with the Orioles organization. But, uh, yeah, and, but yeah, yeah. And, and, it's not that I disagree with the point, right?
2: But and but your overall point is that this team is built differently than that. But but Ken, you you would go a step further, right? And you would say it's not just differently, but this inability to to walk and kind of the not va- value on, on base percentage that that difference is is yeah. a bad difference. Is that what you would say?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a horrible difference. I mean, yeah. the early '80s on base plus slugging came along. Okay, so we so we. Added for some reason, slugging on base together when the two things are very dissimilar. Um, they're they're not. First of all, on base percentage includes the outs not used. Okay, slugging percentage is is a measure of you know how how far can you move people around the bases, and also has an indexing to it that doesn't make sense. Like a double is not worth twice what a single is worth, and a triple is not worth three times. Sure. Um, it just it, it, it doesn't make sense when you look at it that way, and. You know the, the 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 thing that's lost in there is the value of the walk primarily because batting average is reflecting, of course, and slugging and on base. But but it's the walk that is only measured in on base and valued less that is lost that is lost in that process. And so the Orioles of today, we'll just look at it. They are right now um, not in a bad place, eighth in the AL with a seven ten. So that's not terrible. But you break that down, they're. Sixth in slugging at 416, and they're 11th in on-base percentage at
2: 2-4. Right, and that's how the team's built, right? So to, to slug, not to get on base.
1: Right, to slug, not to get on base. And that's the wrong way to do it. If you had your choice, you'd be 6th in on-base and 11th in slugging, if you could do it that way. Um, and I don't want to get caught up in the idea that the ballpark somehow favors slugging. Well, ballpark does favor the home run, but ballparks that favor the home run also really magnify the value of the walk for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's a place where they should be trying to build an on-base percentage team, and they are just not doing it. They have failed every attempt to do it. Right. We'll get to some of that a little bit later.
2: Sure, but th- I, again, Ken, though the argument against that would be is, and I can't argue stats with you, but I can argue record, right? And since 2012 – uh, or, to, uh, or after 2012, 2013, the Orioles have had, you know, as everyone knows, the, the best record in the AL. Uh, you you throw out the on-base percentage. I would throw at you wins. How do you account for the Orioles being so good, even though they failed to get on base?
1: Well, the the biggest asset for the Orioles during that time, by far, is Buck Showalter. <laughs> is that he's been able to manage a pitching staff and a bullpen. And we need to realize, as fans, that the pitching has really been what's what's carried this team and not the... Um, offense the offense was slightly below average last year you know it's it's a more below average offense this year um but it's it's a uh it's a team that's that's you know despite the mediocrity of era last year at 447 that's a hell of an era pitching in camden yards and more importantly pitching the al east as a whole where you have to spend so many games pitching in boston pitching in new york which are extreme hitters parks as well
2: yeah, that's a weird, Ken, and intriguing take that the Orioles' strength is actually their pitching, uh, which I think most of us just, you know, assume the strength is their offensive home runs. And, yeah, they have a strong bullpen, but we kind of win overall despite our pitching. But you're saying the pitching, and I assume you're including starting pitching in that, has been the things that – I certainly am this away. year. <laughs> well, this year, absolutely, sir, so, certainly, yeah. No doubt about that. It's also weird, Ken, that you are very much a stats guy, but then you come back to the – Reason for the success being Buck Showalter. Is there any way that you know how to, or how can we even begin to quantify what Bo- Buck Showalter yeah. means to this team? How could, is there a way to put a stat on this with Buck Showalter?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good that's a really good question. And and it's I think you know one of the places you look at is how many Pythagorean wins did they pick up? Hmm. And this team with plus three in Pythagorean wins due to the composition of the team, but most of it I think is due to Showalter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK, I want I want to hear your thoughts, Ken, on the Orioles defense, because, all right, you touched on, on base percentage. The Orioles defense. They've been running a lot of Trey Mancini in the outfield, on the outfield. Um, one could argue even Seth Smith and Huntsu Hun- Kim are not the best outfielders. Um, can you talk a little bit about the Orioles defense and and uh, your thoughts on it?
1: Very disappointing defense, obviously. And the, the, the team earlier in this run, they were built more of a, as, a, as a broader defensive team. Jones was a little better when he was younger. Um, he's showing some of the tread wear now and is not able to get to as many balls. But basically speaking, defi- defensive efficiency rating is a statistic that's it's kept. It's effectively, it's one minus the batting average on balls in play. It's not exactly that, but it's very close to that. So when I'm quoting batting average balls in play, it takes out the home runs and it takes out the strikeouts, obviously, and just the balls that are actually in play on the field somewhere, what percentage are dropping in for hits. And the Orioles, before the second Cincinnati game, remember that's when the great pitching streak started, but before the second Cincinnati game, the Orioles had allowed a 354 batting average against um, on balls in plays, balls in play. And, the uh since then they've dropped that to 313 for the year which is a more normal number but still high and uh and is still 12th in the AL at this point uh but they were last in major league baseball at 354 so uh you know just to give you an idea of of you know what was wrong a lot of that is is corner outfield defense it's the it's the guys out there not getting the balls and that's the hallmark of poor defensive efficiency is that your outfielders can't cover nearly as much ground it's very rarely a function of the infielders which is a little weird but you know if you get ground balls they they typically get converted at at a at a similar rate or a much more similar rate than outfield than balls in the outfield do
2: yeah but i would imagine that that uh, that bad bit also has to do with a lot of other factors like just luck right just luck on where the batter hits the ball right isn't that part, part part of that number as well
1: Yes, but that would tend to even out. And if you look at defensive efficiency rating across all teams, you'll see it, you, you, there's definitely a very strong correlation. In who you think of okay. the strong defensive teams, they they don't allow the nearly as many balls to fall in. And generally, it's who are the fast defensive outfields. And you know, I was very critical of Mark uh, the Mark Trumbo re-signing. I didn't think it was a good move and um you know, you, when you look at who he is, he's as bad a player as you can be and have an 850 on base, uh, sorry, OPS. Right. And it's because he's got this inverse OPS thing where his slugging is higher, much higher than his on-base percentages as a contribution to that. So it overvalues him. And then beyond that, you toss in his defense and, and he's a millstone out there. He's one of the worst, you know, defensive outfielders in the game.
2: Yeah. We all know he's bad. So one thing. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Right. So, so one thing you can do to kind of fix that yeah. is to not let Trumbo play the outfield. He can be a full-time DH. Well, that would be okay on a lot of teams who they can kind of rotate their DH among players who play different positions, give a catcher a day off, you know, give a first baseman a day off. Not on this team. You know, they got four guys who need to be DHing, and you can't DH all of them. So Trumbo's presence is, is hurting the Oriole offense to a greater degree than it would another team. So you know they've got Mancini, they've got Kim, they've got um, Seth Smith. You know, just a bunch of guys who really need to be playing D.H. and aren't. Yeah.
2: Hey, Ken, do you think that this team, I'm trying to, you know, figure out how much, like certainly there is a value for being really good at hitting the baseball and hitting home runs, even if you aren't great defensively. Do you think the team would be better if Mark Trumbo was not on the team at all and Craig Gentry was your everyday right fielder? Do you think the Orioles would be better with that as Craig Gentry, everyday right fielder, and Mark Trumbo off the team?
1: I don't, I don't think that much of Craig Gentry. I don't think necessarily that. I do think they could have spent the $37.5 million a lot better okay. and, and gotten somebody else who could help the team a lot more. Um, you know, you're asking me, if, if that's, that's a difficult question, you know, if, if, if that defensive value is enough. I, w- I probably wouldn't say that, but I do think they could have spent the money
0: better. Because, because it does come down to how much do you value Trumbo being able to hit the home run versus if he, hits, if he helps you score Right now, he's kind of in a slump, but if he helps you score one or two runs that night, is he really going to hurt you that much in the field? Because the chances are, in order for him to hurt you, a ball has to come to him, the ball has to get past him, for it to really make the same negative impact that the positive impact of a home run or a double would make.
1: Right, relative to what the the standard expectation would be for that player. So it's really the difference between his... 850 OPS and the league's, you know, 700 or 710 OPS, whatever it is, is that difference the kind of difference he'll allow on defense? And it and it could well be. I mean, if you look at last year in the WAR stats, and seen, I know you guys probably don't really like WAR, but you've you've seen it quoted. And uh, Mark Trumbo's offensive WAR is decent; it's not fantastic, but his defensive WAR is so bad, he's one of the worst defensive players in the league that he really really you know erases most of his offensive value. The the stat I other stat I give you, Josh, just to to point that out is Mark Trumbo caught eleven of nineteen of the easiest balls that Statcast classifies. Okay, I forget if they're Type One or Type A balls, but what are the, right. whatever the easiest classification is, he he caught the he had the lowest percentage caught of any outfielder in baseball. Yeah, that's bad. And you know those are the ones that you should you just should get to, and and you know he. He didn't. Sure. If that's an extra, you know, seven or eight hits in a year. Then that's that's not insignificant, you know, as a subtraction from his own offensive. Right. Side.
0: Except it's seven or eight singles, which you can hopefully balance out by what he does offensively.
1: I, I don't. I don't think you typically assume that for an outfielder. I think you'd assume it's it's seven or eight of a of a variety of hits. If it was an infielder, I'd say yeah, you're right. It's probably singles.
2: And Trumbo specifically, let's just, and we can move on past Trump after this. But when when he's not, because Trumbo is the kind of guy who needs to be hitting the ball well. And to start the year, he had the home run opening day, and, that's and it. since then hasn't done anything. And so now, not only is he a detriment to your outfield, but he can't hit the ball either. So he becomes a really frustrating player for watch. Like some players, when Machado is struggling offensively, but you know every night is going to be great defensively. So it's not as frust- as frustrating from a baseball fan perspective. But when Trumbo's struggling and he's playing poor outfield, oh, it's really hard to watch him out there.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, this, I, I sometimes I watch the games on fast forward. I pretty much always watch them on fast forward just to get by the commercials.
2: Right.
4: But to
1: go between pitches, I'll do it as well. And when Trumbo is up or um, the other guy, honestly, is Scope at this point in his career, they're just extremely frustrating hitters to watch. Yeah. They're extremely frustrating hitters to watch in terms of their approach and, and whatnot. Scope, Scope, and Adam Jones getting so many O two counts. Adam Jones has been better this year. He's actually drawn a few walks. Yeah, but uh, but Scope is is a very frustrating player to watch. And I'll often fast forward through the entire at bat just because I, I I don't want to watch this happen, pitch <laughs> after pitch.
2: Yeah, I yeah, it, it can be frustrating at times. All right, Ken, I want to get you out on, on a little bit of a, a positive note here. I think we can agree on something though. This, uh, for me, the most impressive thing of this season so far. Um, has been the emergence of and I know that the, uh, we weren't planning on talking about this, but I'm just gonna throw it out there the emergence of of Dylan Bundy um, As as our ace um, And this is to me is I'll take all. I mean, I almost want to say all right I'll take all those negative stats about the Orioles that, that don't look good for the Orioles, and I'll throw back at you the amazing freaking play of Dylan Bundy and um, uh, I think we all would agree, right, that Dylan Bundy, he it looks like this is maybe not sustainable on this level, but it looks like he's the real deal and he's going to be a really good pitcher.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, he, he appears to be a top of rotation starter, and it's one of these things where the improvement year over year can be explained rationally. Yeah. So it's not just like Wade Miley that all of a sudden the light went on and he's pitching at another level, and you're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. Um, or even if Jimenez started doing that for a while like he did in September of last se- season you know you're waiting for the other shoe to drop and unfortunately it did in the 11th inning of the wild card game but but with Ben Bundy he came into this year unlimiting or unlimiting himself in terms of throwing that slider cutter and that has been the pitch which has really done it for him so it's it's been very exciting to you know to have this great right-handed starter that the Orioles have craved for so long
2: yeah, and I I love that they call it the name of the official name of the pitch is a slider slash cutter because no one really <laughs> right, knows no one which knows. one it is. <laughs> all right, all right, Ken well, I appreciate you spending some time to talk to us about uh to inject some reality about the Orioles. And hey, we'll 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 see how how they play. We'll see if there's some aggression. And at some point during the season, we'll get you back on to kind of reflect on uh, what kind of improvements or lack of improvements the orals have made in some of these sabermetric, uh, cat- categories. So thanks Ken. Appreciate it. Thank you it. Ken.
1: Absolutely. Take it easy guys. Yep.
4: You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need
2: my love. You know, there, there, there's some things that I know how to do. I just don't like to get my hands dirty and do it. I know how to change the oil in my car. I know how to do it. I've done it before. I just don't, don't like to go to the house so get my hands dirty and do it. That's how I feel about Ken McCusick and the sabermetric talk. I, I don't really... I, I, I mean, I could get into the, the sabermetric talk a little bit. I just don't want to get my hands dirty. So I'll let someone who knows more about it than I do c- come in here and talk to us about the sabermetric well, stuff. And it's
0: also, I hate looking at the sabermetrics with the Orioles when... We've got five years now of them disproving the sabermetrics year yeah. after year after year. So it's defying I, the odds. I get that they're there, but they're wrong every year. So keep keep telling me they're right.
2: I I mean the the stats themselves aren't wrong. It's just I think the conclusions sometimes people draw from them. That wrong.
0: You can't take sabermetrics and and figure out wins or losses. That doesn't work. Clearly, or um, those baseball
2: perspectives would be more accurate, right? and they're not.
0: Right. Orioles just got a little so screwed would... uh, tonight with a fly ball down the right field line uh, that landed foul that they called fair, and then on the umpire review, they still called it fair, even though Seth Smith's a little upset because there's a big dent in the foul territory where the ball landed.
2: Mm. Gentry probably would have caught it, though, right? Or record.
0: I think it was in Trumbo's range. <laughs> no, it was it was right in that corner that like no one can get to but Nick Marcakis.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, one of those that little garage Nick door Marchakis corner. Nick Marcakis somehow jogs out there and is in there in time to catch it. So, all right, well, let's move from there to a little more exciting of a conversation. Oh boy, let's talk about the the incident over the weekend involving Manny Machado, Dustin Pedroia, Matt Barnes, whoever else you want to throw in there. By the way, before we move on, the the chat room is. Going crazy about magnets. Josh, I don't know why you ever gave any I magnets it, to anybody. It, it's ridiculous. The, the people are going crazy about the magnets. It's ridiculous. Everyone calm shut up about the magnets. Get get out of here with this. Did did Lou get his magnet?
0: I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Lou, what's
3: your address? I'll send you a magnet.
2: Created a monster magnets. Yeah. Monster I mean magnet fiends
0: oh, here. Oh, 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 the problem oh, oh, is oh, they're they're, they're in an
3: odd shape, so they don't fit in a standard envelope. Standard is that the problem? Bedria.
0: No, I got custom em- envelopes. Everybody just for cheer. the magnets just for
4: Lou you gotta change your swing and he said just let me do
2: my thing. good old Dustin
0: <laughs> you right. can just start talking let's Let's oh, start from geez. the beginning, all this right? Guy.
2: I want to make sure I got this oh, all. Oh, you want
0: the beginning? Well, the beginning would be this guy. So.
4: Well, here comes David Ortiz in the starting pitch. No, I don't want to go back that, his... that far.
2: Let's. So Manny Machado goes to second base. It's a questionable slide that injures per Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yes. After we the game. I just want to make sure I got all my facts straight. Okay. After the game. Dustin Pedroia says it was just a play, right? A baseball play. We play well, baseball here. Well, he
0: said he said that a little bit later. At first, he made some comments about, uh, "I've made the best double plays in the world and don't care about the rules."
2: Yeah, so he, <laughs>
0: yeah. he he definitely made some. Yeah,
2: right. Which says he doesn't. He's you know slide. however you want to slide, he doesn't care about. He he's old school
0: baseball. Well, because also this he's whole by the we're slide. talking about a rule that went into effect last year. Right. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, baseball was better when you could take out the catcher and take out the second baseman. That's
2: the majority I would agree with you. Yeah. Th- then we have um, some talk, some chatter about retaliation. Sure. Um, which we'll, And we'll get into this, but I think it was mostly led by the Boston media. Fully. Then um, the next day. Pete Abram. The, the the next day, yeah, I want to get to him in a second. The next day, nothing. Happened, Never heard of right? Him. That happened on Friday. On Saturday, nothing happened. Right,
0: because it because they had their knuckleballer out there, and because it was a, a close game. And, and you always to wait win. till the
2: last
3: game of the
0: series.
2: Right, and Sunday it's a blowout. Last game of the series. Yeah. Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez is pitching, and Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez throws three, three. three or four balls three, 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 three times three balls at the knees. At the knees, you can't, he, get he can't get him. Can't get him.
0: Right, in an embarrassing uh, display. But in either way, it should end there. If it even had to get to that point, yes, you you attempt it. Then, then after that,
2: um, later in the game, still a blowout. Matt Barnes co- comes in and throws a ball that goes um, at right at right directly at Manny Machado's head. He ducks and it hits his baseball bat. Um, and then you know there's some words exchange. Notably, Dustin Pejoria is out there shouting at Manny. Like, it wasn't – I didn't condone that or whatever. I don't right. think he used the Pedroia word condone. was saying it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. And he said some of the same things meanwhile, after the game.
0: Meanwhile, Farrell – you know what Farrell's arguing. The ball went off Manny's bat and into fair territory. So he uh, wants to call it a, a, a fair ball right. and Manny's out at first base.
2: But Matt Barnes was ejected. Um, He got suspended today, right, for four, four games. Four games. Yep. Um, no other suspensions were held. All right. Thoughts, guys. Who who was right? Who was wrong? Um. I think they're all snowflakes, but I, I, I'll give my opinion a second. I think, uh, what do you guys' takes on this? I
0: think. Well, I think Manny was fine. I was impressed with the way Manny handled the whole thing. We've seen short-fused Manny over the years. Oh, yeah. We've seen Manny think the world's out to get him. Manny did a good job of handling this because that's, that I, there was nothing wrong with that slide. It was just an incident. It's what happens in baseball. Whether his foot bounced up or not, as soon as he hit the bag... As soon as Pedrora was was uh, touched, he tried to catch Pajora and help him. Okay. So clearly, if if he if Manny stayed on the bag and did not try to hold him, Manny might have been safe at second base.
2: You think there's any argument to be made that he started slide a little bit too late and it was it was too hard of a slide? you think there's any argument to to to, to no? you
3: are trying to win a baseball game. Yeah, I'd, no. I'd I would agree with that.
0: We we have, I think it's questionable. We have seen no. We've seen questionable slides. The questionable slides and the whole reason for this. Rule is is when the player would slide outside second base with right. their legs and get their hand yeah. up on second base going the, after. If you're aiming for the bag, it's perfectly fine. The fact that we're having
2: a debate and we're doing like slow cameras, all that stuff shows us that it really wasn't that, that big of a deal, right? Because it would have been obvious if yeah, it wasn't right. It right. wasn't.
0: It wasn't Tom Brady
2: going after Reid. I would argue Dustin Pedroia was hurt on the play, and I'm old school. I don't mind people throwing at people. I was. I would argue Dustin Pedroia was injured in the play, so it's appropriate blowout Sunday Ed Rodriguez is out there it's appropriate to hit uh, the throw ball at his butt. I have no problem with
0: that. The problem with baseball right, players the, today the butt I'm fine with. <laughs> no one knows how to th- hit people anymore.
3: Josh is fine with the butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. And, and if you want to just make a point of it then you let you do it the next day and you let Wright do it even if he's a knuckleballer. Yeah. Because you're not trying to hurt the guy you're just trying to say hey, I'm taking care of my guy.
2: Right. And, and, and poor Erod was trying really hard to not hurt um, Machado. That's why he never hit him. I don't he was know. Trying to be a little girly about it. I don't and know. He was I'm still going girly, for a little still bit going uh, going for the knees. about
0: it. He's still going for the knees, and you don't go for the knees. Either. Oh, oh,
2: what are you? What are you? What are we now watching the NFL? You can't go for the knees. Uh, you can't go above the shoulder. I think you, you gotta hit you right go. in this one. Oh, shut up. Go.
0: Players, side of, side of, no, I, yes.
2: I'm sorry. You injure one of my players. I'm totally cool with them throwing at Manny Machado. Now, what needs to happen is that Rodriguez needs to hit the freaking guy. Stop being, <laughs> s- s- stop being soft about yeah, it. Be right. a snowflake. Hit the guy. There's a couple things about this whole incident did, that really grinds my gears.
0: Did, were warnings given after the three pitches at? After Eduardo's three throws, I don't know. Or, or what I think a warning say? was
3: implied after he took out Pedroia in the first game of the I series. Mean, that's
0: why
2: Matt Barnes right. immediately tossed when he right. Played. And yeah. well,
0: that's oh, yeah. where's my question was.
2: Yeah. And, and Matt Barnes after the game said, "I wasn't trying to hit Manny Machado in the face," and I completely agree. I, I completely right. believe he him. just sucks at control. He just sucks at hitting him <laughs> in the numbers. Yeah, he just sucks at him in the butt or whatever.
0: Um, which is also probably because he was trying to throw it 98 miles an hour at his. It butt. was 90. It was 90. Yeah, but he was trying for 98. Uh, I he was trying so. to throw it as hard Matt as he could. Matt Barnes tried. hit 98? No, but he was trying. Matt Barnes, was Matt Barnes. You know, I tried to Google Matt
2: Barnes. He's not even the first Matt no, Barnes to come he, up. The basketball player comes up. I know. Up. He's a joker. <laughs> What a joker. So, here are a couple... And I don't mind. I'm old school. I like... You hurt one of my guys. I like... Even if it was unintentional, I like, like throwing at a guy. Yeah. I think it's, it's fun.
0: I'm fine with it, except... When you're doing all this other stuff and rule changes to make baseball safer, then you're going to have to remove that as well.
2: Okay. And you can take that stance. I'm still going to take that. And this is somehow sometimes why we disagree because I'm a baseball fan. But I, I like fun baseball <laughs> No, things. no, no. I <laughs> like people getting hit and benches
0: being but cleared. I, I, I think that's Alright. I agree with you. But I remember, I also want the takeouts at second base and home plate back in baseball. I enjoyed that part of baseball. Yeah. We're not going to get that back. If you're going to try to make baseball safer, you you get this. But I like that teams hate each other. We love that the Oriole players hate Jose Batista because it adds that extra edge to a game. If if Manny if Why, just if the- Matt Barnes did hit Manny Machado on the head, those benches were clearing. That's the
2: bench clearing brawl is one of the best things in all of baseball. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, of, it's awesome. a lot of fun as long as you right, guys don't get hurt. This, it's right? Fun. Don't you appreciate
3: a good bench? Clearing yeah, I, brawl? Could, I I I can appreciate that. <laughs> I just keep going back to if, if the, the shoe was on the other foot, we would all be screaming for Pedroia's head if he slid and took out Manny Machado and he missed two games. Well, or more. Didn't this happen? I just everybody's crying about how Manny didn't do it on purpose and that's fine. Uh but put the shoe on the other foot. It happened, yeah. Oh yeah. We would be just as livid as the Red Sox fans and Red Sox media. That's are. what I'm
2: saying.
0: Absolutely. So so you can't be you can't have it both ways. But we had this we had this just what, two years ago with Jonathan Scope. Uh, wasn't that the red? Yeah, he playing with the Red Sox, and um, I'm losing the player. But one of the guys slid into second base and took out Jonathan Scope. That yeah. was just two years ago.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah I, I think it happens. I, but I think
2: it's fine. It's part of baseball. It happens, and I think it's part of baseball. But don't out. get all
0: holier than thou
3: saying you should never throw at his head. That's just that's just what all you right. don't do. Yeah, they're, 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 we would be saying the same thing.
0: Throw Pedroia's head yeah. if he took out Manny Machado. And no one threw it anyone. It right. an
2: accident. The guy threw threw his head. Nobody wants to. Th- the so, kind of guy's life
0: So 2015 Pablo Sandoval Slides into second base And takes out Jonathan Scope Oh
3: he's surprised I'm surprised he can still
0: walk Later that game <laughs> Ubaldo Jimenez into him. Throws at Sandoval And hits him and Obato uh, gets thrown out. Yeah, of the game. That's Jimenez. how you deal with it. You with deal all with the it at the moment,
2: problems. Obado Jimenez can still hit a guy in the butt.
0: <laughs> well, right. I
3: remember that because I seem to remember Pablo Sandoval like laughing it off and walking to yeah. first base. Like right. I saw that and then coming. And it's
2: done. And then it's done.
3: And plus, a guy like him can take a, a, a shot off the back or the butt, and he won't feel it.
2: Yeah. Um, can I talk can about a couple? Just get th- absorbed. Oh, and and one of the before I get to the two things that really grind my gears. Um, More things? There's two things that really tick me off. Okay. Um, but the The other, this is not one that sticks me off. It's just I think weird and annoying. Um, Like I saw uh, Jason uh, lacora Lockenfora? Yeah, is that how you say his name? Yeah, I guess. I really
0: don't know. He's the Boston media guy. Well,
2: he was (laughs) he was tweeting out about um, how how the Orioles should throw at Mookie Betts, and I'm okay with that because he is a he's the guy who
0: kills the Orioles.
2: He's a football. He's he, he he actually works on CBS. He does football media. But he's just a baseball fan. He's not, right. a, he's not
0: a baseball. He's not a media, uh, guy. media guy. He's no. not like all these. If Red you, Sox follow him, media you follow him, you follow
2: him because you.
3: Does he have a press pass at Camden press. Yards? No. Okay.
2: No. Uh, but there are Boston media guys, like, what's his name, Josh?
0: Pete Abram.
2: Who are actually saying, like, well, now Boston has to retaliate. That's a job of a fan, maybe, to say, but Boston media should never be promoting that retaliation. No. Well, Even the, though I think it's okay, you, uh, the, I should never come from
0: the media. Well, and part That's of that ugly. is also as much as we like. Eric, we do have to acknowledge that as much that Barstool Sports is not real media. Oh, they're was he Barstool us. Sports? He is not Barstool, but some of those Boston media uh, people pushing yeah. it were Barstool Sports. He, Barstool, he, Barstool Sports, they're, Sports they're, is they're all, like Jason LaCampaca. Yeah. It's the same thing. They're not real Yeah, reporters. they're fans. Right. Yeah, they're fans. But Pete Abram, I believe, is the Boston Herod.
2: Yeah, like he's legit. So but that's,
0: what, that's but what's the problem with
3: the media saying Who are they saying it to? Why, 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 why do you have a problem with that? The
0: Boston Globe is Pete Abram. <laughs> like, report...
3: Why? Why should? Why can't a media guy tweet that? What's What's the harm in that?
0: It's his job to just be objective. But who's he
3: influencing? Are the players listening to him? Are John Farrell going to listen to what Pete Abrams has to say?
0: Yeah, the player. He's totally involved with the players. He talks with the players. Yeah, I mean, if if I don't know in our shoes, it would be like uh, Rockabacko and. Going out and talking about how the Orioles need to hit, right? And then they're going down to the dugouts and talking to the players and asking the appropriate questions. Like, did, do you think that scrolls rocks Twitter feed? No, I think the players hear about it. I think the players hear about it. Yeah, I, and I don't think I think our organization's a little different because Matt Barnes didn't
2: have team approval to do what he did throw up Manny's head. That what was apparently
0: that's you're wrong. right. Yeah, and and I know that the players read about it because Zach Britton talked with Steve Molesky of uh, or Dan Connolly of Baltimore Baseball, and and players from other teams are talking about Zach Britton's quotes. So other team, other players, we see it here where where a reporter will say something negative about Adam Jones on Twitter, and he'll jump on there. The players see what the reporters say.
2: Yeah, I thought that was uh, weird and not appropriate. The two things, though, that really bothered me about the whole thing. We haven't gotten to the two things that really bothered me. All right. <laughs> um, we mentioned this briefly at the opening, but the comments by Dustin Pejoria really – they were the most out of all this stuff that was the most upsetting for me. All the comments about Dustin Pedroia. You mean praising him? How about doubt this is just part of baseball? Yeah. About that's how good. um about how um the other opponent should not have hit Manny Machado. All that stuff really ticked me off. We have been since, since the retirement of some of these players like Mark Teixeira and Alex Rodriguez um and and now Jose Bautista kind of sucks at baseball. We we are we starving need, for someone feelings. to hate. You're asking for I feelings. thought this was a perfect opportunity to start hating Dustin pejoria Right. I never really liked him. Right? No,
3: I never did either.
2: I never I'd call him Dustin Petty because he's small and petty and Dustin Pedroia I think, I think, Petty's think, short for you that fit him in your pocket. Yeah. yeah. I never really liked him. After this incident, I like him more. Yeah, <laughs> Pisses me off. <laughs> right. I wanna hate right. him. Yeah. That ticks me off. The other thing that ticks me off, I'm sick of this too, is text messages. After every incident, let me text him and say, I, "Are you okay, I buddy?
0: Did, I did. Are you okay? <laughs> am, I I one, am I the only one? Am I the only one that, sorry, that saw sorry, that understand. and said, why why does? He, why does Dustin Pedroia have Manny Machado's cell phone number? Like, do all the players have each other's cell phone numbers? Even if you could get it, what is this? Right. Maybe they have the same agent. This is Orioles. This is Boston.
2: You hate each other. You don't text apologies to each other." Oh man. Oh, text, I'm sorry. Right. You're supposed to get out to
0: dinner later? No, instead you instead what? Manny goes back to the locker, he finds the video, makes a gif and sends the gif of him taking out Pajora.
2: Yeah, now they're, they're probably playing words with friends as we speak. It, it makes me <laughs> sick. Stop with the text messaging each other. That's, right. that's why I'm talking
0: about these soft snowflakes. We got probably text having Delmon Young in the in the clubhouse. So you got you probably
3: the, along the same line of thinking of you hate it when after a professional football game the players from opposing benches come out and hug each other, oh, oh, and, and trade jerseys and praise together in the middle Take of the field. Selfies. Right. Yeah. Right. This is why I'm they're going- supposed to hate each other. They don't hate each other. Yeah. It's just the fans hate yeah, each other. we want
0: to go back to the Roberto Alomar spitting their face. Yeah, baseball players. The, well,
3: the, except Alomar spits in the umpires. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And it's everyone funny. hates the umpires. Right. We can all agree there.
2: The NBA, to me, the playoffs. I know we're not. We don't ever cover NBA. But one Thankfully. of the best things about the NBA is, especially this year in the playoffs, there's been a lot of trash talk between players through the media. Like they use the media to trash talk other players, right. which is great. I want to see more of that. You want to I see would say see more... less apologize texting and more, more guns
0: brought into the locker
2: room. <laughs> yeah, not guns in the locker room, but more bashing on on, on the media, saying how Dustin Bajori is small and you can fit him in his pocket, your pocket. Give me a break.
3: <laughs> if he was really sorry, though, he would have called him. Like nobody, a, a text apology doesn't mean anything.
2: Yeah. Oh, I would rather than you got to have on. a
3: phone call with the person. Oh yeah, okay,
2: because how that starts is you call for apologize, but then the other person like doesn't like your tone or something, and then you start fighting. Where a text message. I'm sorry, XOXO. Like, there's nothing really to well, say. You know
0: the problem? The problem is that all these baseball players that we cheer for, they're all stupid millennials.
2: Yeah. I know. And they they just have to text. They don't want to hurt people's feelings because they're little snowflakes. makes me sick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, next, they'll be asking for magnets and whining. I know.
2: All right. I got enough. Of we would talked enough about that. All right.
0: I got, a, I got a question for you. Yeah. <laughs> to go, uh, a little negative note. So far in this season, what's it been, 20 games, 21 games? Yeah. Something like that. Who's the biggest disappointment so far, Kevin Gossman or Mark Trumbo? Oh, Gossman. Mark, Mark Trumbo's left four base runners on, on in scoring position tonight so far.
2: Yeah, he's been frustrating. Um, Dylan Bundy by far has been the biggest That's, surprise. Yeah. Number two, we would say, what, Trey Mancini
0: yeah, maybe. It's, uh, yeah, it got to be Trey Mancini, a guy that I really didn't think was going to be on this team, especially not this far into the season.
2: Uh, other arguments you can make for most surprising start Wade Miley certainly has to be there.
0: Sure, Wade Miley is probably a bigger surprise than Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy's the most exciting, but the fact that Wade the way Wade Miley's pitching that's the surprise. Mm. I haven't been you, like, you've s- been holding out. Thinking, seven
2: walks in five. I know he threw that a one hitter during a game, but he had seven walks in five innings. Yeah.
0: Like, uh... Like you are like, gonna lose eleven strikeouts. Yeah, I mean his strike his strikeout ratio is great. I mean the ERA under two.
3: I mean, but it was the Cincinnati Reds, right? That he struck out 11 times.
0: Sure, sure.
2: Yeah, I've been I've been more impressed with him. But another guy that's been really impressive, though, um, and this—how concerned are you guys? What's the concern radar? at was Zach Britton. Uh, Brad Brock has been another really impressive guy. Sure. Yeah. 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 No, he's been I, great. After kind of the rough half, second half, the second half of last year was kind of rough. Yes. You kind of always wait. Okay, is Brad Brock real legit, or is he kind of? He's, um, uh, he's on a meteor.
3: He's having a similar first half to what he had last year. Yeah. Uh, at least, the, you know, in the first couple weeks of the season. And uh, hopefully he can keep it for the entire first half. And hopefully he can carry it into the second half, which he wasn't able to do well, last year. And
2: hopefully he doesn't need to be a closer for very much longer. Right? No, I
3: would agree. I, I He's doing a great job stepping up to the role, but I prefer him to be my eighth inning
0: guy.
2: Do we Is Zach Britton all of a sudden, does he feel like less necessary now uh, that we've seen Brad Brock pitch the way he has that closer? I think so.
0: I think it gives you a little bit of, of a we maybe after all this talk that we have nothing that we can trade in july when we need to make a move a brad brock or a zach Britton could be one of those guys where we we can make a move in this in this area yeah i mean it's never bad to have two closers also when a guy like i think next year is when zach Britton really gets paid yeah we have and, one more year and uh brad oh. brock we've got on for a few more years
2: yeah, I mean the thing about and Zach Britton will be making. He has one more year of arbitration, which he'll make. You're right. Even next year he's going to make. He, uh, he's
0: making a third of what kind of, of what Britain's making right now.
2: Right. Um, and Brock has one more year, so Brock becomes a free agent in 2019. Uh, so, so they both are kind of similar.
0: I've been really happy with Chris Davis the start of this season in uh, his patience at the plate, and as well as Adam Jones. I want to I, see
2: more dongs from, from Davis though, right? Yeah,
0: the, but the dongs are always down on these colder, colder ah, times start the, the season. Yeah, t-
2: tell that to Trey Mancini, the old weather. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, Other guys that have been uh, impressive or not so impressive, you guys like, I can't decide if I like or hate ty- 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 Tyler Wilson. I hate him. I hate Do him. You? I hate him. But <laughs> the high socks are kind of cool.
0: Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the high socks on all you know, of them. We'll base them up. on uniforms. Um. You should base him on... No. <laughs> O'Day, it seems, has figured things out. He was... I was a little worried that first week of baseball with O'Day. He yeah. seemed okay since then.
2: I was never that worried. Um, I know there was some current concern that Michael Givens, his velocity, was down for a start or two, but yeah. he seems to be good as well. Yeah, I,
0: I thought he might have been hurt, but it doesn't seem that way.
2: Donnie Hart's kind of an impressive guy. I like Donnie Hart. I always expect him to fail for some reason, but... Especially his righties, but he's even been getting righties out, so he's been really good. He's been a fun guy to watch. Fun guy. Fun guy. Yeah, I've enjoyed him. Uh, Other guys offensively, um, Scope uh, has –
0: I mean – He's got a good on base, doesn't he? 328. He's hit four home runs, second on the team. He's been fine. He's been frustrated at other points at the plate, but then you look at the stats and, and same with J.J. Hardy. J.J. Hardy's gotten some good hits. Um. I really like the way Buck handles our outfield. Mm. Knowing that we don't have great outfielders, I'm also not a Kim fan. So the fact – I know a lot of people are frustrated that Kim doesn't get much playing time. Uh, that doesn't bother me. I've really enjoyed uh, Seth Smith and Craig Gentry way more than I expected to.
3: Craig Gentry's picked it up a little bit. He had a rocky start the yeah. first few weeks.
2: Yeah, I, I, I like Hyunsoo Kim. I, I think it's kind of outrageous – how much the Orioles have screwed, have screwed with him? I I really hope that they trade Hyunsu Kim, not because the Orioles will be better without you him. You want to see him have the opportunity? Hyunsu Kim deserves to be an everyday see, player. I At I least, don't think
0: Kim plays a good outfield. I don't think his defense is any better than Mancini or Trumbo. Um, and that and it's like if I think you're gonna it's gonna put the is, guy out there.
2: I would and I would argue right now offensively, I would rather have Hyunsu Kim than Mark Trumbo. I mean, right. And I Hyun-su can understand Kim that brings a unique skill set that Mancini and Trumbo don't bring. The patience at the plate. The they, seeing pitches and getting on base. Yeah. And that's something this team, I think, desperately needs. And that's why Hyun Kim not playing as much is kind of mysterious because you're saying you don't value, and this is what Kemi McKusick said the Orioles as an organization don't value on base percentage. Because if they valued on base percentage, Hyun Kim would play more. It's right, as simple right. as that. He would right. play more.
0: But, But, yeah. I guess he,
2: we have a series against Tampa here where every pitcher starting pitcher for Tampa is a righty that we're facing. Yeah. So he should play the next three days. We'll see. He should. We'll see. Um, I will be, I will be annoyed if he doesn't. Play uh, the my next guess three
0: days. is he gets, he plays two of the three. Really? Yeah.
2: I think he'll play all three.
0: We'll see. I, I definitely think Trumbo could use a day off maybe, but then I would call for Mr. Machado to have a day off. And then he had a big game the next day after.
2: Yeah. You know, what's intriguing. We've had uh, 17 games so far this season. Is that right? Um, going into Monday night. Yeah, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. We're 12 to and 5. Yeah. Um, how many games... Let's do a little game here. How many games has Hyunsu Kim played of the 17?
0: Uh, play as in started or gotten, gotten into? Gotten in at all. Um, Seven. Uh, I'll go with eight.
3: Nine.
2: Out of 17, how many games has Craig Gentry gotten into?
0: Uh, well, he's your late in placement, so I'm going to go 12.
2: Out of 17 games, Craig Gentry has gotten into... Seventeen games because uh,
0: he's your late-inning guy. Yeah, he oh, he's played every game so far. He's played every game he, he comes. Before, he's yeah. the Andy Chavez. Yeah, he yeah, comes yeah. in at the end for Trumbo or Mancini.
2: Yeah, but notably, he also has more at bats than Hyun Kim, so it's not just late-in defensive Again, no, it is.
0: It, than uh, well, no, it's late-in and where he gets seventeen games, he gets one at bat each. That's a seventeen versus. He's got
2: twenty-five so, at bats.
0: Okay, and Kyonsu he's Kim probably got he's probably got one start.
2: Uh, I think he has two starts actually because he's been lead off a couple times I think, but um, with Joey Rickard coming back, does Trey Mancini go, or does?
3: Oh yeah, uh, like something happens.
2: Yeah. Or, I think they can do something sneaky with the fifth starter again because you don't need a fifth starter till May second. Yeah, but it, so at some point could, they got
0: to make a decision. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, who goes when Rick, Rickard or does Rickard not come at, back? When you look at the numbers. Right, I think I think you wait for Rickard to get hot. Except Rickard again, Rickard uh, is a guy you put in in like a gentry role and laid in in. Yeah. The guy can, everyone will first I mean, say is gentry, but no, I like, he's played in seventeen games, so that tells me Buck is not Buck values no, him. No, your little sheet over there would say Kim. But I don't know how that works. Can we send Kim down? No, we because went over this last year. We went year. over that last year.
2: Yes, it's impossible you can't.
0: Or was that just a first year
2: thing? No, Josh, you can't. He has to be DFA'd. We're not even having this conversation. Then no. There's and no is way it, Kim Is Lee'd. it
0: time to DFA Kim? Oh We're not gosh. using him.
2: Listeners, Josh has not expressed user views or opinions of sex. We're not using him. Why wouldn't you put Trumbo
0: and Mancini in the outfield? Well, you would never- And then in the seventh inning you put... Gentry and Rickard in there, and you get your lead in and defensive replacements. Well, What's, what Kim's not being used? Yeah.
2: So, if you really feel that way, then if you are the Orioles, you play Kim every day. He's going to put up incredible numbers because he's just a really good baseball player. And then you trade him when all his numbers are up. So I guess that's the one option. Uh, you are not going to let him go, but that's why, Kim, like people right. have said, maybe Kim is due to be traded because right, I the Orioles just don't like him. The Orioles don't like good baseball players, good on base.
0: Maybe, maybe you are onto something. Yeah, I know. Maybe we're trading Trey Mancini. We have no position for him. We're showing him off. We're giving him lots of playing time. He hit five dongs. How would Let's Josh open up your open up your uh your trade books?
2: How would you feel if Doros traded Trey Mancini?
0: Uh friend you, of the show? What are you bringing in? He
2: is a friend of the show. I don't know about Joe Orsalak, yeah. but Trey Mancini is a friend of the show. <laughs> we it's it was it was our idea that got him in the outfield.
0: Yeah. I'd text him and say, Sorry to see you go. Glad we got a real player for you. Oh, no, man. that's not what I would say. Ouch. I
2: hope Trey Mancini is going to listen to this podcast. I, I He's called him I for the last
0: time. I don't like when the Orioles trade anyone on the 25-man because I like our guys. I mean, you know, it, it's who knows? But clearly you got to do something. And Buck loves Joey Rickert. What? No, I know who goes away. It's Ryan Flaherty. No, who, are,
2: ridiculous. who is ridiculous. backup infielder?
0: Trey Mancini and Chris Davis can play the corners. Second Trumbo and short. can play the corners. Second and short. Short, yeah. you move Manny to short. Second, third. We had, we have had Steve Pierce play second base. We have had what's that guy that we couldn't find a position for? Alvarez? No, no, he was a kind of an outfielder at DH. We brought him up a few years ago. Betemit. No, Not ben- <laughs> we've had, but I forgot about to it. my point that we've had bad second basemen. I don't know if they've
2: me actually. No, we've had we
0: had, uh, we had a, a guy who we couldn't find a position for. He sucked at the outfield, but he had a good bat. Right, and we played him like one game at second base. Yeah, I remember because he caught a ball like jumping up. You, and and you, I was surprised. And you think that's a good plan for success for the Orioles? I'm saying, I'm saying you want to optimize your bench. Ryan Flaherty doesn't optimize your bench add in Rickert and send Flaherty down optimizes your bench. All of our minor league parks are really close. All of our teams, we that's an advantage. We, last week we saw the Richmond Squirrels. Their team is San Francisco. All of our teams are here. If something happens to Jonathan Scope, and for half a game, Trey Mancini has to play second base, you can manage. or Or J.J. goes to second base, Machado moves to short, and and Mancini goes to third. You can manage for half a game. And then we have a buttload of second basemans in the minor league system that we can pull up.
3: And we'll have a buttload of outfielders sitting on the bench. Yeah, but. But, but not a single utility infielder?
2: Yeah,
0: the and what not,
3: not, not going anywhere. We do not
0: need a utility
2: infielder. Okay. We have utility outfielders. And we don't need a backup catcher either, too. Let's get rid of Caleb yeah.
0: Joseph while we're at it.
3: We don't need a closer.
0: Yeah. Uh, how many games has Flaherty played in this, this season?
3: Doesn't matter. He's there when you need him. I think that number on he, there is he's one. there.
0: He's there for emergency. I think he's only? had two at bats. You don't need Ryan Flaherty on this team. He's taken up a bench spot. Ryan Flaherty has played in four games. This isn't That's a Ryan exactly Flaherty, what a utility infielder should play. This isn't it. a Ryan Flaherty hatred. It's saying how do you optimize your bench? It's by clearing. Ryan Flaherty Yeah, why? But, but You do Josh, not need an emergency second baseman Ken, That's
2: all he is Ken, Ken McCusick said the key to our success Has been Buck Showalter And what do you do <laughs> when you take away Buck Showalter's BFF you, Buck Showalter's going to be depressed without his
0: boy Ryan there No he's he, gonna he gonna won't be, be because he's bringing in his boy Rickert He's bringing in his new guy oh, The new guy that fans love to hate That they don't understand why Buck keeps him around ah, Joey Rickert
2: Joey Rickert replacing Ryan Flaherty in Buck Showalter's heart The Rick You might be onto something there Josh all right, well, we've got to get out of here on that. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Intern. Is he awake back there? Thoughts, corrections, fun facts, analyses. Intern, what you got for us?
1: There hey, he is. So I did some looking up for the catches. I wasn't able to find class one or class A catches, but I was able to find. That <laughs> is the it possible
2: only- that Ken was making up everything a word he said? I think he made that up. <laughs> no, I just
1: think that uh, there are a few different systems, and I was only able to find one of them, but from StatCast specifically, they rate catches with a five-star system, with one being any catch that's over 90% catch Oh, like yup reviews. Yeah. yeah. So that's what he may have been talking about. And Josh, I think the second baseman that you were talking about, or was trying to think of, was Jameel Weeks.
0: No, he's a second baseman. I was talking about an outfielder that had no real position. I'll figure it out after the oh, show.
1: Felix P.A.? No. Charlie
0: Hop
3: says it's Ty Wigington. It's not Ty <laughs> Wigington.
0: Charlie, do your own podcast.
3: <laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah, that's, that's really all I have unless I can find that other.
2: Well, we got all day Nate in McLeod? turn. You can just uh, We'll just be quiet on the mics while you look for it. Was not Nate McLeod? Yeah, we haven't gone No, it over. was not
0: Nate McCloud. L.J. Hose. <laughs> no, not L.J. Hose. <laughs> oh, I love L.J. Hoes. <laughs> naming guys who had no, and it wasn't Lunchbox. It wasn't him either. Travis Snyder. All right, boys and girls. Thanks for listening
2: uh, to another successful edition of Section 336. Go write us a review on iTunes if you haven't yet. If you haven't, shame on you right now. Lou, go check your mailbox. Stop
0: tweeting me. Check your mailbox.
3: Yeah.
2: The next person who who tweets at us for a magnet, I'm going to come to your house and steal a magnet. I'm not going to give you a magnet. I'm going to come to your house and steal a magnet.
3: You've gotten to him, Lou. (laughs) <laughs> Mission accomplished.
2: In his head. Who does Josh hate more right now, the intern
0: or Lou? <laughs>
2: intern, intern. <laughs> I don't know, I'd be it's pretty sure. a lot to
0: pass the intern. Uh,
2: you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Section 336 Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Bert.
0: At Bert Rudy
2: You can follow Josh.
0: At Josh Soroka.
2: And of course, you can follow the world's worst intern. At WW Intern. Possibly Robert Andino
3: No, <laughs> he's a second baseman. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening, boys. Cesar is tis. And as always. Go Oaths. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes my and defense, Facebook for Jimmy all complaints love. or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustache. The
4: show's not over! <laughs>
0: now it's clear. <laughs>